To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. Well, welcome back, gardeners and homesteaders and anybody that may be interested in gardening. I want you to do me a favor real quick. I know you're probably either in your garden or driving down the road. That's typically how this goes down. I want you to just look over your right shoulder. You see those leaves on the ground? That's right. It's compost season, baby. And you know what's even funnier? Batavia just looked over her left shoulder. <laughs> it's your left, my right. I Remember, meant right, I'm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Look at you trying to call me out. I know my right shoulder. I don't, I don't know my difference between my right to... and left. I'm right-handed, so when I was younger, I like my right and left. I used to like actually write to figure out which one was which. Oh, that's pretty good. Do the motion of like yeah. writing, yeah. <laughs> so when we're driving, my wife will be like, "Take a right," and she'll pat the leg that she wants me to turn. So I just I'm not thinking about it, you know. I got better things to do. <clears throat> so this is a uh, a question that we had a while back from Samantha. And she wrote on the uh, Backyard Gardens Community Garden Facebook group, which you're more than welcome to join. And she says, uh, composting, how it should be done as well as what can you actually get away with? And so I messaged her back. I said, what are you trying to get away with? She said, I'm a terrible composter who follows none of the rules. I've been listening to the podcast for a while and haven't heard you cover this topic extensively. Maybe I missed it. I think you may have missed it, but I don't know if we've covered it. I don't know what extensively means. And we've definitely talked about compost. Well, I feel like I know what extensively means, but this season, I'm very, very, very comfortable in saying we've not really covered it this season. Oh, no, no, we have not. No. And I, I think, too, that, you know, a lot of times as we learn new things, we may redo episodes and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. this is always a pursuit of knowledge on our parts. So whatever we learn, if we like it or we've found something useful, we'll definitely be bringing it to you guys. So, Samantha, your wish is going to come true today. We're going to talk about composting. And this is not an episode in which we are going to get on Batavia about not making compost. Even though I know she's close, but that's all we'll say about that. So first, I just like to say, <laughs> I saw you get red in the face. <laughs> hey, Samantha. <laughs> I didn't give you time. I'm sorry. That's okay. I take it. It's clear how this goes. Um, I I recently had a dream about composting. And let's just say it supports my continued decision to purchase compost instead of making compost. What jumped out of the uh, pile at you in your dream? Yeah. So for the uh, old timers and old timers, meaning those that have been listening to the podcast for many years, you already know this. But for anyone that's new, welcome. And um, the party line for me on compost is I'm definitely afraid of mice and rats. Like it's like my number one fear. And um, I just can't take the chance of any of them visiting my compost area. 
Um, it is the thing that will make me just burn the entire garden down even without compost. Like I see people, especially in the West coast, I see people talk about, Oh, you know, Oh, this was some, some mice damage or some rat damage or, you know, just commonly talking about it all the time. And I'm just like, I'd be on a liquid diet. I would just, I wouldn't be like, you'd be an eritarian. Yeah. I wouldn't be eating anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so in all of these years, I've had a garden since 2008 and which is about when I moved into this house the year before. And I've seen one, I don't know if it was a mouse or a rat. I know that it's pretty clear like when you get a good look at them, but it moves so fast. I saw one travel um, like across my garage, the outside of the garage in the alley. I saw it like scurry past mm-hmm. and I'm quite literally still haunted. That was probably like 10 years ago when I saw it and I'm still haunted by it. Well, I won't give you any knowledge about rats and mice and all that stuff then what am I, good, I, I always talk about my girlfriends one of my good girlfriends will send me like uh, videos and I can always tell when it's a video where it's going to be something I'm going to cuss about mm-hmm. like she she has no she's no holds bar she'll send me like mice videos and I curse every time and I don't watch it to the end it's a well known fact about me so I was thinking about this the other day and I, I want to take a few minutes towards the end of the episode and I'd for you, Batavia, and I definitely mm-hmm. want to talk about the differences between homemade compost and store-bought bag compost or professionally made compost. Would that be okay with you, ma'am? Absolutely. That's fine. I knew you would like that. She smiled and then rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> but um, it, before we get started, if you want to support the show, you can do so by becoming an Apple subscriber or a patron, a patron and help us keep the show going just a little bit longer. We would really appreciate it. And um, thank you guys so much for being with us. Go ahead. There you go. There you go. We got the bell. So we're good to go. So composting is... um. It seems more complicated than it really is, and it can be as complicated as you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Is that convoluted enough? Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, good. before you dig into that, have you used compost like in all of your gardens, like going back to the early years of gardening? Homemade or store-bought or both, doesn't Either. matter. Yes. Yes, I have. And I've also used it and damaged my garden by it as well. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect of it too. So we're going to talk about that too, because yeah. compost is a good thing, but too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting because um, this is the part of the challenge when watching someone else's garden that you don't know personally, that you can't speak to, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched some people online and I'm just going to, I'm just going to generally say that they're in Europe. It could be any number of countries, right? Um, and in some cases, it seems like, and I, I think the word means the same thing, that they're planting solely in compost. These are people that are like planting in containers and things. Am I, I mean, maybe they're they're describing it, but that's not exactly what it is. Yeah, so I actually follow a, um, uh, here we go. Take a shot. I follow a guy. He's, a, a, he's not a bonsai master, but he's like super famous. And he's in England. And he calls everything compost. But he is not putting compost, like what we consider compost in. That's not what he's using. But he 100% refers to it as compost. And for a split second, I was super confused. Because I like, hold up. My man's using compost, but that's not what he's using. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good point of clarification. Yeah. The uh, posts that I've seen, the videos I've seen, it's been surrounding potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, there's a part of me that says, okay, I, I get that, but that's expensive, mm-hmm. right? You know, so, again, maybe they're just referring to uh, the general soil. And it, as the expense isn't, I mean, even if you make it, the expense comes in energy to produce it as well. So let's mm. not trip on that. Like, I mean, that is a cost to it as well, because making compost is not easy. Now, there's an easy way. There's cold composting and then there's hot composting. OK, cold composting is you just put your stuff in the pile and you just let it sit. And then you will end up having to pull stuff off the bottom of the pile. But it'll take roughly about two years to make the compost. 
I've been cold composting underneath my uh, front porch for five years now. You probably got some pretty dynamite stuff on the bottom of it then. But I'm too afraid to go under there. Now, this is where I, when I uh, dug up all of the soil in the front yard garden, well, when I dug up my lawn in the front yard, I mean, you never really think about like, what do you do with all of that, um, all of that, you know, grass and dirt. And so I basically stuffed it under my front porch, not thinking about what it would attract. Right. But it's been under there for those years. And it's interesting because I can see through the lattice. Like I can, I remember what it looked like and how high it was, how high the pile was when I first did it. And now five years later, because there's, it does, it doesn't get a lot of light, but it does get some water just based on the uh, rain that comes through. Yeah. You know, the porch and all. And that it doesn't need light. So there is that aspect of it too. But it one it definitely needs water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to know. But if you if you're looking to make compost easily, that's about the only way you can do it, just like Batavia is. So Batavia is composting everybody. There you mm-hmm. go. We we win. <laughs> we win. <laughs> and I absolutely did. I saw um, a um What's the ones with the, not the ones that play dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that play dead possums. Possums. I saw a baby possum under there one year. Yeah, that's not good. Actually, no. it's not bad, but it's not, that's why you probably don't have a lot of mice. That and the stray cats. Yeah. yeah. But um, so cold composting is definitely the easiest way. And if you're looking to do it easy, there you go. You're just not going to mm-hmm. be able to use it for two years. So just plan on that. But hot composting. And then I kind of have... I kind of have a way of warm composting. Hmm. So we'll talk about that too. But hot hot composting is just you're turning your pile and you're consistently turning your pile on a schedule every couple days, you know, whatever it is. And every time you turn it, you interject air into your pile and you're basically air is fuel for it, just like with a fire. And every time you do it and you let it sit, it warms it back up. And then you turn it again, it'll cool down. And then as it sits a little bit longer, it'll warm back up. So you don't want to turn it every day, but you definitely want to turn it a fair amount to get that air into it. And that's where those composting tumblers can really be effective. But you're not really making compost on a big level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, it's in one of our upcoming episodes. We talk about how much, and I won't say much more than that, but it's um, one of the things Working that I've really spent some... Hmm? Working title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this before recently, but as an aside, so when we record this, I send Young B in my recordings. <laughs> and I'm going to bring a bottle of my cheapest vodka uh, and it take a shot just on my end because Young B doesn't partake. Whenever we get to a point where my suggested title actually makes it to <laughs> to the publication litter rejects everything i submit as a title right so there's a title that we come to the episode knowing we're going to record and then as we go through the episode i have a feeling and so i title it like as a suggestion and we're like what is this how many episodes 150 episodes never <laughs> as a matter of fact if i'm not mistaken this episode is our 300th episode Three hundred times I've struck out. They're always much better than what I suggested. You know, I'm, if you I know played my talents. Baseball, if you if you played baseball and you had a card, I would save your card because it would be a world record card. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, the tumblers are a good thing. But they, I mean, man, they're expensive. I haven't priced well, them out in a while. Yeah, and and so the how much reference was uh, one of the things I've been connected to recently is just, well, how much I've underestimated quantity, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, how much soil you need, how much, you know, of a particular plant you need to produce that produces X, how much compost you need, you know, how much you need to add to your compost pile to make the amount of compost you think you need. And it's one of those things where, you know, a couple of episodes ago we did, I think it was a part of the um, multi-question listener question episode where someone asked about how long do you think it takes before you're like an expert at growing a particular thing. And 
this is why you talk about like generations of farmers, yeah. right? These things that are passed down and passed down and, and almost it's just natural for people to know. Like these are things that gardeners knew and, you know, not so new are learning and I'm miscalculating all over the place. Well, composting is not, is also not a new thing either by any stretch. I mean, it's been done for many, many, many years and um, I can tell you this much, this, you know, you remember we had the question about what um, social media people you follow and stuff mm-hmm. to help you. This is a subject in which I decided to move away from following social media people because I kept getting wrong information. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that too. But um, the tumblers, let me finish my thought about the tumblers. The tumblers are good for somebody like Batavia who don't want mice, don't want issues they may want a small amount. It's a totally enclosed system. You just put your stuff in there and then you just turn it and you add to it and you turn it. And it's an enclosed system, so you don't have to worry about it. But again, you're not really making a whole lot. So most of us really want to make as much compost as possible. And the thing and the reason why I said like, you know, now's the time of year because the leaves are falling off the trees. This is the time of year to bulk up your compost piles. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it like that, like if I just rake my yard and before we get hate mail, I let the leaves sit for a little while and let the animals use them as much as possible. But I do end up raking my yard and those leaves invariably end up in my compost pile. My compost pile, if I didn't do anything to it, it would end up by the end of winter about seven feet tall. So you can <laughs> see how much it, go, it takes to go in there and not to mention the other stuff we add into it. But this is really the time of year to do it. And it's like everybody knows they need to be using compost, I feel like. But people don't want to hear about it. I don't know why that is. Have you ever realized that? I don't know that everyone knows it. I think that, you know, information that's available online regarding gardening and I'm saying that in, in ways of like searching it out and then kind of just like your social medias, like that's greatly changed in the last 10 years, right? Like hugely. And so I set that up and sometimes I use myself as an example when I say, I don't know that everyone knows 10 years ago, I didn't know much at all about compost and never used it. I think I first started adding compost to my garden, going back to the question I asked you at the onset, maybe in 2016 or something. And I had been gardening. That's like, I had been gardening eight seasons Yeah. prior to that. You know, my math is, is correct. Um, and again, it's the, I knew you grew in dirt and that was it. And obviously anytime I would go to the home improvement stores, you know, in the garden sex section, there's compost, but never thought twice about it. Now, I don't know how my grandparents failed me because I'm sure that there was some you know, measure of composting and, and nutrients they were adding, you know, when they were farming that they never told me about. But, you know, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> um, but so I say that to say, um, and over the last 10 years, I do think that compost is almost a buzzword. It's probably right in line with, mm, I'm going to say like, Organic gardening is probably still the top searchable topic. And I think probably compost is absolutely in the top 10, probably the top five of things that people are seeking information out about. I'm making all, there's no fact to what I'm saying here. It's just, you know, my opinion just about bro what's science popular. coming out right now. Mm, Batavia science. Batavia science, excuse me, excuse me. So Samantha asked, um, what can you get away with? And there's two things that go into a compost pile as far as materials. You've got your browns and your greens. So your browns are the carbon. The greens are nitrogen materials. And you basically, just to keep it simple, you roughly want a 50-50 mix of them. So if you think about that, you take 10 pounds of, let's say, grass clippings, and 10 pounds of dried leaves and you put them together and then that's your 50-50 mix. Um, green materials are can consist of a lot of things. I mean, a lot of people are adding food scraps to them. So you have that, um, plant matter, garden scraps, um, coffee grounds, doo-doo. Um, and when I say doo-doo, I guess I should say like chicken manure is a really popular one to put in. Um 
you don't want to put like dog and cat crap in there and all that other stuff. Goats are pretty good. Um, horse manure is good to put in there. You can put that in there. And if like, I mean, I know somebody's probably thinking, well, I don't have a horse. Well, you can go to like a stable or something and people will gladly give you mm-hmm. bags of poop. You know, that's like a common thing. Um, and then for your browns, it's usually leaves, straw, paper, sawdust, wood chips, all that stuff. And the, the thing to think about, and this is why wood chips in the garden aren't as good, is because wood chips are carbon. And when they break down, they need the nitrogen to break down. So they tie it up in your garden. So it's the same thing in your compost pile. The carbon needs the nitrogen to fuel it to break down. So that's why at times you may want to go, if you put a lot of like leaves in there, you may want to put extra greens in there just to kind of help jumpstart it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I think there's uh, definitely a beauty to it when it comes to um, using things that kind of are a part of the garden yes. to feed the garden. Right. You know, using things and, and, and for that reference, I'll, you know, expand it to, you know, if you have animals within your garden, your property, your homestead, obviously that's a huge piece, um, you know, that can contribute to it. I mean, I think it's there's something that's beautifully circular around that. Yeah. About that. Um, and it took me a little while, I think, going back to, you know what's more popular to discuss to not feel guilty about all the things that I was just throwing away that, you know, all of my garden waste I was just throwing away since I wasn't composting. Where do you throw it? (laughs) Just in the trash can? I use, um, the recyclable bags, like the brown bag. I'm sure they have them in most States. Like you pick up from home Depot. It's for, um, lawn care stuff. Okay. Yeah. I've never, cause I mean, that's one reason why we made a compost pause because I didn't, want to you know i didn't want to put it in a trash bag like Mm -hmm. i didn't want not that i have a problem putting it in the trash bag like i physically did not want to do that so i just wanted to like throw it in a space and that's why we ended up originally building a compost pile Um, it's a pain in the butt and i have put out of my head like what really happens with it i remember on an office i used to work in you'd stay late and again, this is like one office experience. And for a good long while, we had like your regular trash and your recycle, right? And you see the cleaning person come through and throw all that in the same pile, yeah. you know? Um, so I won't guess what Chicago is doing when it comes to collecting my trash and how they're keeping things straight and, and whatnot. Um, well, a but, lot of cities will collect it and make compost. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's what they'll do. And there's a lot of people that will come to your house and pick up the material to make compost as well. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to make it, but you want to do it. So there are places that do that. But um, there's a couple different ways to set up a system. And I use a two-bin system. There's one-bin, two-bin, and then really the most common is three-bin. Um, and so what you would have is you'd have like your raw materials... And then your second bin would have your semi-finished. And then your third bin would be your finished materials. I have two bins. So I have a working bin and then I have a composting bin, like a, a finished bin or mostly finished bin. And um, the reason why this is good to have is because you can flop from one to the other and completely turn that pile over. So as you build stuff up and you flop it, you're going to get all of the compost that's usable up top and then everything that needs to be broken down will be on the bottom. And as things settle, it creates these gaps where the air can get in and trap it. And then that will help you to fuel your compost pile even longer and then break down. So there's multiple ways to do it. I didn't really feel like building a three bin system. So I, I had a one bin system and it was not really what I wanted. It just kind of was a I never really had compost to use with a one bin. You know, you you would turn it Mm -hmm. and then you'd grab a couple handfuls off the top and then that was it. With the two bin, I can turn it and this time of year what I'll do, and I'll have a video coming out about this soon, is I completely flop them back and forth once I get my leaves in it. And I'll keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And um, that will end up breaking it down 
I can get a five foot pile to break down in about a month. So by doing that, but I'm here to break telling, down where it's it's ready to use. Not perfectly ready, but yeah. it's well on its way. It's hot and it's steaming, and so it's cooking at this point. So you can do that too, um, and that's how I use that system. But when you, a lot of people don't want to put grass in there because two reasons: weed seeds and herbicides. Herbicides, you have to make your own judgment on that. Weed seeds, you have to get your pile hot enough mm-hmm. to kill them. And the problem is most people cannot get their pile hot enough because they don't tend it enough. So you have to think about it that way. Um, I know th- the guys that I know that make compost professionally, they turn their pile every three days completely because they sell organic. So they have to, I think the law is, I think it's three days. They have to turn it on a schedule mm-hmm. and they get it. I mean, he should, we put a thermometer in this 12 foot pile and it was like 180 degrees inside or something crazy like that. What kind of equipment are they using to turn it? Bulldozers. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. front-end loaders. They're not doing it by hand. I mean, you mm-hmm. you couldn't do that by hand. Yeah. So, right. they do that and they just flop them back and forth. So, that's the key to it. So, if you're, if you're worried about weed seeds and stuff like that, then you just really got to get that pile hot. Now... This time of year, I know like in your area, it's tough. When I was in New England, I would take a piece of black plastic and lay over my compost pile. And this is actually how Batavia and I met. This exact thing right here. I didn't here. know if you were going to remember. I remembered it. <laughs> this is exactly how we met. And I put it on there and the sun would warm that pile up and help it continue to cook. So you can use that as well. And it, it got covered with snow. All I would do is just take my shovel handle and poke a hole. When that black showed, it would just clear that whole pile off so that's how we do it now funny enough that was all those years ago that me and batavia first connected over that one sentence and she still hasn't done it <laughs> oh i thought you were going to acknowledge how emotional i was about you know going back down memory oh, i knew lane. you would get emotional I when it came out of my mouth going to give me ish. <laughs> yeah. but of course i should have <laughs> i um you know it's this is a part and this is judgy b Right. You know, she doesn't show herself often, and but I am aware it's one of those things. So I'm not composting clearly other than, you know, the accidental compost under my front porch, which I'll probably never. The next owners will have to dig that up. Um, but uh, I all, I'm always curious about quality of compost. Yeah. Right. You know, so. I think that's probably in part with Stephanie's question. Samantha. Like how much. Hmm? Samantha. Samantha, sorry. I think that's in part uh, a part of Samantha's question. One more time. Hey, Samantha, and just for sh- and giggles, there's a Stephanie out there that has a question too. So, hey, Stephanie, too. Yeah, hey, Stephanie. <laughs> so, um, like, how much can I get away with it where it's going to be worth, this is my interpretation, worth my time, yeah. right? And still help my garden. Well, that was my next thought, too, was, mm-hmm. you know, there's, of all the things that we've just gone over, each step is like, it's not in stone. And, you know, I was thinking about it, like, what is she referring to? And she, you know, the ratios, the Mm -hmm. turning, the adding the water, like all of these things can really, you know, what can you get away with? And the thing that's so important about it is with compost, you don't have to be like, you don't have to be out there with a scale and be like, all right, I got... 10 pounds of this and 10 pounds of that, bam, 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 mm-hmm. you know. But what we we try to do is you want to you want to be if you are acknowledge the fact that you need to have a ratio of some sort and you make an effort to do it, you're going to meet it. So mm-hmm. whenever we put our um our food scraps in Typically, like my son does it. That's one of his chores. I'll go back the next day and I'll throw a handful of straw on top. Right? So, he's put the greens in. I've put the browns in. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, he'll do that. Now, as we get into fall, we overload with the browns. So, there's not a whole lot you can do. But what we've decided to do now is like as this time of year comes on, then we're put in, you know, we'll go muck out our... um our chicken coop and then we'll put the manure in. So then we're adding extra green. But Mm -hmm. when we do it normally, 
There's wood chips in there. There's manure in there. That's already been scratched and worked and everything else. So that's already got that. And so, you know, there's not really like you're not doing it wrong if you're you're not weighing stuff out and being perfect because you're not going to be perfect. But you can't think about it as every time you put it in. I would say think about it as over the year. Are you putting in 50-50-ish mix? Two to one, something like that, you know? Um, I had a girlfriend one time that tried, this is terrible. Um, I hope you're listening to it. She tried to make, um, compost and she used old oil drums that had just had oil in it and did nothing but threw vegetable scraps in there. And when we popped the top of it, it was like orange sludge. It was just, and it smelled to high heaven. Mm. And the thing is, is if you're getting a stench, then yeah. your ratio is off. So you need to add something. Typically, it's going to be you have too much green in it. So you need to add some brown. Mm-hmm. And that's where having a bale of straw around, having some hay around, grabbing some wood chips and throwing something will help with that. To absorb some of that. Yeah. I mean, I've heard things like, uh, well, you, if there's an odor, your formulation is off, right? You know, I've also heard the argument of, oh, well, if you get it right, there won't be an odor that would draw in animals, right? Um, and that sounds all sounds good and dandy, right? Um, I do think we were talking about, um, was it this season or last season when you were adding soil to your garden beds as a method of amending them? Yeah, uh, last year. Okay. Um, and so I was working up and this um, year. Okay. I was working up a couple of beds uh, just last month and a part of me paused and said, you know, I was adding soil to top off the beds because I felt like I had lost some soil. And as I started working it up, I said, oh, you know, this may be fine. Right. And then there was something that clicked and said, you know what? I don't even remember if I added soil at the top of this season. It doesn't hurt to add air quote fresh soil to it. Right. You know, so I added some bad compost, bagged compost as well. Um, And it's that same idea of, I think for compost, I want to hear your story around how you could add too much or how it hurts your garden. Generally speaking, it's like, um, it's like taking vitamins, right? You know, I, um, new year new me this is a few years ago you know i had all these vitamins they were like buy one get one 50 off and i'm like oh, okay this makes sense you know you know i'm transitioning to a different age group and you know i should take this and take that and so then when i had my annual checkup i was talking to my doctor about the, it, the look on her face as i was going through my list of all of the vitamins i decided to take and she's like you kind of really only need a multivitamin you yeah know? so it's the are you adding now again, some of the things I was taking wasn't necessarily hurting me. She did point out one thing like, okay, you can't take too much of that, but going back to the compost and the connection there is generally speaking, your mixture, like let's say again, it doesn't smell should not be hurting your garden. Right. But it may not be, you may not be getting the value you think you're getting from it. It may not be as air quote rich. Yes. You know, as you think it is. Um, I mean, to be quite frank, you know, there's an argument to be made about the bagged compost that I buy, you know, there is, I there, think that, there, that they're probably following a formula that's pretty consistent, you know? Yeah. But I mean, there's still an argument to made, be made for either one. I would say that the consistency that comes out of a bag is probably in the long run, a little bit better and easier to troubleshoot mm-hmm, than what mm-hmm. you would make at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't you know, mean that that's what my garden needs, that garden bed versus another garden bed versus another garden bed. I don't think it's powerful enough to hurt, right? Unless I have some really troubled beds. It's insurance. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's insurance. You know, you're adding it in as insurance. So let's take it down. Let's take it back real quick and say, what is compost? Oh. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is compost? I mean, you're adding a mixture of, I'm a, I have generally used the term nutrients all throughout the season. And I really like it. You're adding nutrients to your garden bed, right? Right. You're adding, you know, organic matter to that's, your that's, garden that's bed. That's the answer. It's organic you know, matter. 
And there's a reason why you have to p- focus on organic matter versus mm. dirt or topsoil. Um, so I'll get into it before we get into some other things. It, you know, you always hear you can never add too much compost. Add compost, add compost, add compost. I did that one year and I came in hot and heavy and I added some serious compost. And then that was the same year that I got um, I got a soil test. I sent off my soil and got it tested. I didn't have a very good year. I didn't really know what was going on. And I sent the soil test off and they got it back. And I had to call the gentleman and talk to him about it because I didn't understand a couple of the readings and how they were suggesting that I got things on track. And I said, well... You know, the organic matter graph was like crazy high. And he was like, he's like, man, of yours, I've never seen an organic matter as high as your garden was. Mm. And I was like, really? And he was saying, yeah, he's like, did you add compost? And I was like, I added, yeah, I did. I added probably about six inches of compost to it, maybe eight. And he was like, you can't do that. Because what it is, is it's organic matter. It's not dirt. It's two different things. It looks Mm. like it. But when it's all said and done, it's not because it's crumbly. And when it dries out, it'll be crumbly. It won't retain as much water. You're getting all those nutrients. Yes, but you ha- it's, a, it's a symbiotic system. You have to have the, the water in the garden, but you have to have a way to transport the water. Mm-hmm. And if your soil is not fluffy enough and soft enough and absorbent, you can't do it. Well, this organic matter over the, year, the, over the season did not have the capability to do that. So I went back to the drawing board and I mean, I did some research. Like, I mean, you would have thought I was trying to get a PhD as ridiculous. <laughs> and, um, I came across like once I started digging down, it was like add one to two inches of compost a year at most. That's like your safe bet. Cause we had talked about this last year mm-hmm, and based mm-hmm. on what you said, you're probably doing about half an inch of compost a year. And then you add topsoil or garden soil with it as well. So you're Mm -hmm. diluting that down. And that's a good thing. So what I do is now I I just started two new garden beds and I got what's called a 50-50 mix. So it's half Mm -hmm. compost, half topsoil. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back and then next year I'll just add topsoil to it. Because there's a video. And just let me let me stop you. And the 50-50 mix is what you picked up because you ordered it in bulk, right? That's what that. Yeah, I get a thousand uh, pounds of it for twenty bucks. Yeah, that's what that that company. Did you hear what I said? They, well, uh, well, I'm gonna I come d- back around to that. <laughs> 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 we agreed long ago that I wouldn't call you a liar on this show, nor would you call me one. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to beat that hands down. <laughs> But I, the reason why I pointed it out is you really don't get that kind of mixture. Like you just don't buy, go to a store, garden center and get that kind of mixture. That's specifically made up for people like you. And that company is selling it for the purpose of our garden. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm blessed because of the company I go to, um, Wilmington Compost Company, they like they do a lot of like experimentation Mm-hmm, and they make mm-hmm. different blends and stuff like that. Most people don't do that. And they always have a pile set off to the side of the 50-50. And so that's what I kind of go off of. But um, yeah, so I use that because it kind of gives it a jump start. It's got the top soil and all that in. But I came across a video where a gentleman, I don't know how long, I mean, it must have been a couple months. He had He had made like three different beds. He made a bed where, and it was just a small bed. You know, he mm-hmm. grew, I think it was a cucumber plant. And he made a, a bed where he grew in just the top soil, like the ground that it was sitting on. Mm-hmm. And then he did another one in compost only. And then he did another one that was in, I think it was potting soil. And he came back, they were all side by side. And you go look at it. And sure enough, guess which one was the best growing plant? It was topsoil, the actual earth, the compost bed, and then potting soil. In that order? Is that, um, no, no, I'm saying is that, that's, yeah, that's, your that's choices. what the three options were. I'm going to go with the earth itself. Yeah. The earth itself was, and the worst one was the compost only. 
And so the whole thing is, you know, I hear this all the time. People want to make raised beds because they're like, the dirt where I live is not good. That's crap. The dirt where you live is perfectly fine. Unless you've got some toxic sludge spilt on it, then you've got an issue. But for the most part, it is good. And it was really eye-opening to me because then I was like, hold on. And what he exhibited in his composted plant was the same thing that I had exhibited throughout my entire garden. So essentially what had happened is I had just grown in pure compost because I had put so much on. That's a tough yeah, lesson so to learn. The six inches of compost that you had for every inch of compost you added, there was that less, you know, less that amount of actual soil, one. Yes. Two, when you think about how much, um, you know, how deep some plants are going to go, you know, six inches is actually a pretty sweet spot, maybe eight to 10. So they quite literally were growing in compost Yeah. in your example. Um, it's funny because the bag of compost that I use, I think it's like a 25 pound bag and I'm pretty sure it's like, it's recommended to cover a hundred square feet. And remember we talked about this a couple of years ago, how I, I always over add, but it always feels like, you know, I, I'm always tempted. I don't do it because of the expense of it to say like, I want the entire layer top layer to be of compost. Yeah. You know how much, compost i would have to add to do that it's a lot which goes back to that middle bed that he was planting in you know and and it's not supposed to be that it's it's almost like the body and how it's built to heal itself Mm -hmm. you know and so you have that the earth that he planted that you know the planting in that first bed it's over the years figured out how it's going to grow Right. It's gone out to get things that it wants. There's a much more naturalness to it versus what you've dumped into it in yeah. the second and third bit. Right. Um, so I, I'm going to disagree with you just slightly on the, you know, my soil is a problem. And, you know, here I am building raised beds because we both have done it and we both do it. Um, we've mentioned this very, very briefly you and I both could have some kick butt soil based on kind of our native soil. What's whatever underneath the grass when we dig it up, mm-hmm. it would just take a number of years to get there. Yeah. You know? And so it's the time investment. Do I want to wait it out and make adjustments, continue to tinker with it? No. And I think that's the case for most people. Um, I have the two beds that are inside of the, um, inside of the uh, cattle panel trellis that are in the front yard, those two narrow beds. Remember, I was so excited about those last year. And I got those dug up, and they have underperformed compared to every other place. Right. It's mostly native soil. And my solution has been, all right, I'll add a little bit of compost, add a little bit of compost. But I also recognize a little bit, yes. note that. But I also recognize that that soil needs to adjust to what I'm asking to grow it in now. Yeah, you need to nurture it. it. You need to nurture it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just basically, you know, for eons, it was just grass, terrible grass. Still had the worst grass. Crab grass, you know, growing on top of it. And then it's been dormant for growing nothing, getting no light, no air, barely getting water. You know, you think about the way I had the landscape fabric on top of it and then wood chips on top of that. Like it's coming out like a newborn baby saying, all right, what do you want from me? (laughs) And I mean, I grow in raised beds because it's easier for me. mm -hmm. I mean, it elevates my plants, keeps the weeds out of it. There's a lot of benefits Mm -hmm. to it. But the idea that the soil is just not good is just a really bad idea in general. And I hear it a lot and I hear what you're saying too. Um, so it's just, don't don't look at it like that, but take away from it the fact, and you can buy topsoil. You can buy bags mm-hmm. of topsoil cheap. I mean, it's like a mm-hmm. dollar a bag. And to hear that and see that was eye-opening to me. So last year I came in and I just I went and I was like, man, just give me topsoil. And he's like, you don't want any compost? I was like, man, I don't want no compost. I just want topsoil. He's like, all right. I put the topsoil in. Guess what? Back in business, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like that. Because that soil, that topsoil has the right properties to hold the water, to allow the compost to break down. And because, you know, if you don't keep the compost wet, it doesn't break down. So what do you end up with is crunchy stuff on your soil. Yeah. That's what you end up with on the surface. When you look at, when you go to the store, whether you're making it uh, on your own or not compost, when you go to the stores, take a look at the ingredient list behind potting uh, soil, yeah, behind garden soil, uh, behind topsoil, 
and compost, right? You know, now they may not be as explicit to say this percentage and this percentage. Some are, you know, but for topsoil, I'd always been advised, oh, it's too heavy, right? You know, it's too dense. And I wouldn't have a, a raised bed full of complete topsoil. I wouldn't do that because it is very dense compared to garden soil, which has a bit more filler. You know, there's a bit more aeration, I think, with that. Um, it's interesting because I had um, the bed that I mentioned that I, that I um, was working up. The soil was so beautiful, you know, once I worked it up. And then I added one bag of garden soil and I could see like, you know, the bit of wood chips, you know, it was black and rich originally. And then I added the garden soil. You could see the composition of the soil change just a bit. Yeah. Right. Now, luckily, it's only one bag. So it wasn't like I've, you know. But those those wood chips and stuff aren't bad from in no. that aspect because that's, no, that's fuel for the future. Yeah. And, and it's just a few, not like the entire bed. But that's right. a, a good difference between garden soil and topsoil. Right. Yeah. But garden soil so topsoil is going to have organic matter in it yes hands like period like hard stop yeah. right you know so we went back to what's compost really but compost um, is it's nothing but like, organic matter yeah it's almost like um you know like the the cleaner or remember did you did you guys used to have like the carton of the orange juice where it's like concentrate, you know, and then you add water to it. I drank it last you weekend guys... at this camp out I went to. It was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I can, it's it's a core memory. I can see my grandmother, you know, it's sitting on the counter from Saturday night to Sunday morning or maybe like Friday night to Saturday morning. And you start to like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, the syrupiness of that. So anyway. Uh, compost is more like the concentrated version. Yes. Right. And you need to add that to. You've got to dilute right? it. Exactly. It yeah. shouldn't be the only thing. <laughs> Don't pour just a cup of that, uh, that, that jar. What was it? What was it in a little, those little frozen can- container? Yeah, those little cans. My whole fridge used to be nothing but those cans. That's all we drank oh my, my goodness, freezer. Yeah. But I mean, and here's, here's the deal, Batavia. And feel free to correct me as if I'm wrong, which I'm sure you will. But, this is why in gardening, you can't pick and choose what you learn. You got to like, if you get a book, you can't be like, well, I'm going to read chapter t- 2, 10, and 12, but I'm not going to worry about the other ones because all of this stuff ties in together. I mean, we're talking about nutrient delivery. We're talking about adding nutrients and amending beds. We're talking about watering. We're talking about making compost and the demands that the plants put on it all wrapped up in this one topic. So you, it, it's like, it's really hard because it's just like Samantha said, like, what can I get away with? And it's like, don't look at it as what can you get away with? Look at it as how can I understand what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Because you're not going to be able to get away with anything, especially well, with compost. I, I think I think that another another way to turn that question is, you know, I have this block of time and energy and money to put into this, right? You know, how much can, do I need to focus on compost? Right. Right. When I think about how, how much can I get away with? Right. You know, so for me, if I have this set budget for my garden and I'm buying compost, how much can I get away with when it comes to, I know her questions about making it when it comes to uh, how much did I use? I think you do yourself a disservice when you, um, intentionally only seek out information on certain parts of this whole garden experience. I absolutely agree with you there. Um, I think that the bit around watering is like a whole different episode about how much the impact of your soil. And I'm speaking plainly like your garden space soil that includes native soil, garden soil, compost, all of that, like whatever that makeup is, you know, you think about people like, oh, my plant's struggling. You know, I water it every day. You know, we're like, oh, are you overwatering it? My plant's struggling. I water it once a week. Are you underwatering it? And we don't oftentimes, because it's hard to do virtually, dig into, you know, just because you're pouring water into the thing doesn't mean that it's absorbing it, absorbing it evenly. Exactly. It could just drain you know? right out. Absolutely, it could. You know, and, and for a lot of us, you water and keep on moving. Yeah. You know, if you have something on a timer, you keep on moving, right? You know, you're not looking to see, oh, that plant is still struggling a day later. There must be something going on with this absorption. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it too, um, and you you brought up budget, which I think is a great thing that everybody should have in their garden. You should definitely start some kind of budget for your garden for the year. And um, I can tell you that the only thing I specifically bought for my compost is a pitchfork. I spent twenty five dollars on it ten years ago, and so at that point, I I spend two dollars a year based on that on making compost. That's all. Minus the calories burned and everything, which look, I can I can burn a couple calories. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a few extra, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you if think you run, if you run short on them, I got some. Yeah, <laughs> let me borrow. <laughs> so I mean, if you think about it that way, it's just and it, it, it connects you with your garden more and mm-hmm. more. Um, before we get into the last, and we're going to skip the listener question. I'm sorry, everybody, but I want to get into some troubleshooting things that you guys might have very quick. Um, the stinky compost we talked about, uh, if your compost is not breaking down and it's just crumbly and not good, it's not, get, it's not getting hot enough. You need to turn it more and you may also need to add water. So, um, Try and keep it, you want it so it's like a sponge kind of. You don't want it all crumbly, so you may have to turn the water hose on it every once in a while. Um, But turning it and adding water will help it break down faster. And then the things that I would not ever put in my compost pile are squash plants of any type, cucumber plants of any type. Anything that has any kind of disease on it does not go into my compost pile at all. Not even a question, not even a single cutting of those will go into my compost pile because of the pests and stuff like that. Let me just add to that note. When things have a visible disease, like when it's showing the symptoms, it's very clear. But Mm -hmm. you could have pulled your cucumber plant this week and it basically had the spores there that you just it hadn't developed yet. Exactly. So I think it's pretty wise to say like these are just no no's for you. Right. And then the big question is, how do you know when you can use your compost? And so the big thing about that is it should not be, you should not see any kind of food in it. You might see some like eggshells or something. It should be nice and dark and pretty moist and you can squeeze it with your hands. Um, And this is going to feed directly into the bagged versus homemade compost. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is the three best things to put in your compost from your house are eggshells, banana peels, and coffee grounds. Those are the three best things you can put in, and I mean, and the coffee filter to go with it. Mm-hmm. Put that in there, and so if you think about that, you're putting all those are greens, and then your you got your eggs that are calcium, your bananas that are potassium, your um, coffee grounds that are nitrogen, and your filter, if it's you know a decent filter that you go in, is the carbon. So you can add all that in. and that's stuff from inside your house. Don't put meat in there or anything like that because you'll have coyotes and everything else eating out of it. Now that brings us to the point of homemade versus bag compost. So like Batavia said, when you open a bag of compost, it basically always looks the same, doesn't it? Mm-mm. For, uh, it, it depends on the time of year. The only difference is it may be wet or dry or... Mm-hmm. You know, so if I've picked up compost and it's been raining, you know, where that garden center was, like it may be damper. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like all of spring kind of rain. But I mean, like that when you open it up, the the composition of it, yeah. The composition. Now, when you make it at home, you may not have that. You may have a more crumbly compost. It may not be as broken down. So there is that factor to deal with. Now, there's ways around that, but I do think that there is the tendency for the gardener to put unfinished compost in their garden. And I can tell you off the bat, I've done it and hell, I just did it the other day. So there is that. Um, But if you put it in the right time of year, which is this time of year and your gardens are resting, it'll continue to break down, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially if you add mulch to it. So, you know, you can do that. I mean, I'm not saying go out there and you see, you know, like a whole tomato in there. But if you can, it's starting to really look like compost, but it's just not quite what you would think as if you bought from a bag. You can put it in in the fall and then over the winter, it'll continue to break down more and more. Turn it deep into the soil the next year and then that will help with that too. So and when I say turn it, I mean, I know a lot of people are no till. So let's not talk about till. I mean, just use a shovel and just kind of flip over the first couple inches and just get that stuff worked in there and it'll do what it's supposed to do. 
as an aside, I wonder how many people are truly no teal. But so remember, I think it was in our um, subscription episode slash patron episode where I mentioned I had wrote to my extension service because our climates are so different, yours and mine, right? You know, so we're going to go through a point where the top layer of most of my garden is going to be frozen, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's going to be covered with snow, which is an insulator for a number of months. And it adds uh-huh. moisture. Absolutely. Um, and it, very, I think, helpful for my garden beds. Maybe a little bit of a challenge for my containers, but that's a different conversation. So, anywho, my question was before I really wrap it up for the season, you know, is there a recommendation added compost in the fall before I put the garden to bed or in the spring? And they gave me a, a dance of an answer, but ultimately, fall was what was recommended. But it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to be exiled as a gardener if I don't get around to it. They kind of gave me an out like some folks just don't have the time to get to it, you know, and it happens in the spring. But the fall is a benefit because my compost is my bagged compost, purchased compost. It's worked. Yeah. Right. You know, but it is I am adding compost to a new space, meaning that compost is never commingled with the garden soil that I have. And it basically has a chance to acclimate when added in the fall and going into the spring. Not to mention that it saves you some time in the spring when I'm trying to get going. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you know, for years, what I did is every time I dug a hole, I dropped a handful of compost in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Was I'll still do that too. Yeah. And even now I, you know, I started doing furrows, but this, this year, um, this fall, I actually came back in the furrows. I put my fur, my preprint, wow my pre-plant fertilizer down and then i would sprinkle in some compost so i'm really cognizant now almost to the point where i think i damaged myself about putting too much in the garden Mm -hmm. now there are a couple of places that i will top dress using compost so generally speaking my beds are topped off with some level of compost either the close of the previous season or the beginning of the new um I will potentially add compost, whether it's just a planting hole or maybe something that's more intentional when I'm transitioning from season to season. You know, so if I've grown a bunch of things in that space in the spring, now I'm moving to fall. So I may add just a bit more, like quite literally a handful. Things that I top dress are like my tomato plants. And that's more of like, you know, at some point mid season, I'll scratch in some compost as a way to give an extra boost if you will knowing that it will take some time to really work its way through um, but all in all my spaces are getting kind of one feeding of compost a year yeah and that's all it takes you know and you're not adding a whole lot in I mean you know you're you're putting in a bag per bed mm-hmm. you know yeah generally yeah that's what I, I probably should have mentioned that in most cases, my larger 10 foot by four foot bed probably gets two bags. Yeah. Um, but my typical beds are like seven by four and I'll just put a single bag in there. And I usually put about a half a wheelbarrow load in to mm-hmm. each bed, which is about the same roughly, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. And I mean, that's the thing. That's what I love about gardening too, is it doesn't, nothing has to be precise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, you should use half a cup of fertilizer. So I'll use a quarter cup. Well, I'll use mm-hmm. three quarter cup, you know, just kind of depends. But as you put more demand on your soil, you've got to replenish it. And, and compost is a great way to do it. And a lot of people, I've, I've seen this more and more now where people are burying their food scraps right in their garden. And I do not recommend that. Mm-hmm. For um, Number one, it takes a long time for it to break down that way because you're not turning the soil or anything um if the plants grow on top of it they're just going to hit whatever's there and basically the root's going to stop and then also you're going to encourage animals to dig in your bed because it's going to leave a scent yeah so keep that in mind here's an abnormal uh psa so it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take the advice that's given but Take a beat if you constantly see online the beginning of a thing and you never see the after. Yeah. Right. You know, so um, adding something like food scraps directly in the bed and then never hearing about how that bed did. I won't say that it's a red flag because, you know, as creators and, and when we focus on content, you're not always telling the full end to end story. 
But if you're having a hard time finding out, you know, in any of the people that you're following or looking at videos and, and blogs and pictures on, if you never see the other side of that, I'm going to add a question mark to it. Yeah. And I'll say this. It's incredibly difficult to create content on a scheduled basis and meet that schedule. Um, we do podcasts every week and then the um, subscribers on Apple and Patreon get an extra episode every month. But then also we're creating YouTube videos as well, where I myself for three quarters of the year do three videos a week. It's easy to do something like that and then move on and not show you the proof. And I feel like that's an injustice to the viewer or the consumer of the media because you want to know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I did that one, I, not that, but one year I put um, a lasagna garden. So I put a layer of leaves down, a layer of compost, and then another layer of leaves. And I didn't do anything on YouTube about it. I wish I would have. But when I went in the next year to plant and I dug the hole in the spring, I could still see that layer of leaves down below. And I was like, well, this isn't ideal. So then I packed either topsoil or compost in the hole with it. Actually, I backfilled Mm -hmm. it. So at least it would have all of that next to it. And the thought process behind it was as the compost went in, the microbes and stuff like that, all the organisms that were in that compost would leach out and help those leaves around it break down faster. And within a month I went and checked and they were all gone. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole layer underneath was gone. So there is that. Um, That's the beauty in in leaves as you know, as a mulch, yeah. even if it does get mixed up into your soil. Yeah. And I think we may have mulching on the list too. I'm not sure. But um, I will say this, just know what you're putting into your compost pile and be very careful about it. And um, don't freak out about it. Just make sure you're you're putting in some kind of ratio. That's all it is, you know. We're coming into a time of year where you're going to put mostly browns in. And if you put all leaves, like let's say you don't have a compost pond, you're like, I love the Backyard Gardens podcast, gosh darn it. And I'm going to make a compost pile and all I have are leaves. Start your pile with leaves. And then next time you cut up a vegetable, put it in there. But remember this, your scraps that you put in, they need to be chopped up. So you need to chop up your leaves. You need to chop up your vegetables a little bit better maybe. If you're putting eggshells in, crush them first before you put them in because that helps speed up the process mm-hmm. of it breaking down. It's like if a if a tree falls on the ground and just lays there, it will rot down and break down, but it'll take years. But if you went through and you started cutting that, you took a chainsaw and you just cut that tree in chunks, it would break down even faster. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. So that's like super key in all of this too. Yeah, I mean, I think that as we go into um, what's the off season for some and a slower season for others, uh, I think this is a good time where, you know, search out some information on topics like this. Yeah. You know, it's um, I think this was just you and I talking one day because I think I must have been eating. So that probably means we weren't doing a podcast episode. And I had someone that um, I had a, you know, some kitchen utensil. And I had done like a video on it and they said, where do you find this stuff? Like, you know, just, you know, kind, you know, oh my goodness, where do you find this kind of stuff? And I was telling you about, you know, the hours that we spend, I mean, thousands of hours, you know, that we spend searching out different things. And there's still so much that you or I don't know, but then there's so many things that we're continuing to dig into, right? You know, so there they're not a lot of topics that are kind of one and done. Like once we learn about the thing, you know, we never go back. We never read another article. We never pick up another book. We never look like that's not how it works. No, You know, you're always expanding that knowledge. And that's no different when it comes to a thing like, you know, compost. This is probably a starter episode for some. Yeah. You know, this may be a confirmation episode for others, you know, um, and I mean, if you guys want to know more about compost and you want us to talk in like specifics, definitely let us know if you have a question or something like that and we'll answer them because sometimes it's easy. Like we can give you an overview like this, but then there's like specifics that I I think are valid points, but it's just really hard to hit them all Mm -hmm. in one, you know, one fail swoop because everybody's piles are different. Everybody's ingredients are different. Everybody's timing's different, but I will tell you this 
winter time and fall time is compost making season. And to finish it out, I know we're over and I don't care. I'm going to tell you my warm composting method. Um, basically, during the late spring all the way into fall, I cold compost. And then when the leaves fall and I start adding them in and I'll, I'll start hot composting. And so what I do, and I'm going to do a video about this. So if you can't understand this and come watch, please on Sandy bottom homestead, please, I beg you. Um, (laughs) but what I do is I start turning my pile constantly. I mean, like every three days, four days. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, you want to go to the gun show, baby? It's right over there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> are you pointing? What is that? Who are you pointing to, David? <laughs> no, yeah. But I mean, it's a it's a good little workout. You know what I mean? And it gets harder and harder. But you you turn that pile constantly. And you're creating that hot compost because I'm not going to turn it when it's 96 degrees. And I'm just, I'm not even going to lie. Mm-hmm. I just keep building, and I may turn it a couple times during the summer. But that way, it just kind of keeps a little bit active. And then I'll take something. I have a piece of rebar out there which is just a big piece of metal and I'll jam it into the middle of the pile and I'll work it in a circle and create holes going all the way down to the bottom. So when I'm not turning it, it's still injecting air inside Mm -hmm. of that compost Mm -hmm. pile. So I'll do that as well. And that's just further making it. So I really ramp it up in the fall and the winter. And it's, I mean, I'll go out there in the wintertime and there'll be steam coming off the pile, especially when I turn it. It'll, you know, be bellowing steam. And a lot of people will say, like, my compost is no good because I don't have any worms in it. Well, your compost pile is too hot. And so what the mm. worms did is they went all the way to the bottom of the pile to get cool. So when you Trying flip cool it, off a guess bit. what? They're going to be at the top and they're going to work their way down. So just remember that. I always feel like I'm doing something right when I see worms in my soil. Uh, just a quick note. And everyone learns different. Everyone, you know, absorbs information differently. While I do not make compost, it doesn't stop me from watching videos, reading articles, listening to episodes about compost. Like that information I'm soaking in and storing away because there will be a day. Ten year plan. Ten year plan, everybody. She's it's a new category. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely there is. I'll take the ten year plan for three hundred Alex. It's a three-year plan then a seven-year plan we're a couple of years off to introducing the 10-year plan okay (laughs) well you better watch out because that seven years is coming up quick i know right (laughs) so there you go everybody samantha i hope we answered your question in detail um you're good just keep making your compost pile and uh come find us in all our usual places i know we did not answer the question today but if you have a question feel free to leave it on any of our platforms youtube we have Backyard Gardens Podcast on YouTube, Sandy Bottom Homestead on YouTube, Be Better Garden on YouTube, Instagram, same names all the way across the board, all that good stuff, a Facebook group. So come on, join us. And remember, I hope you guys did one thing today. I hope you learned to grow and grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Thanks for checking out the show. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash backyard gardens, or you can be an Apple subscriber. And in both of those, you'll get an extra episode every month. You can also make a one-time PayPal donation with the link below. And you can get all kinds of gardening gear, like t-shirts and mugs and cups from the link below at Teespring. And we have an Amazon store, which has all the products that we use and recommend in our gardens and it helps support our show and we also add to this list periodically so be sure to check it out periodically to see if there's anything that you need for your garden everything that you do including a like and a subscribe and even a review will help us learn to grow and grow for change see ya